Hey! That's not my introduction. It could be. There you go with it. Hey guys. Hey guys. Hey guys. This is. What, episode 16 yes. of A Star to Steer Her By, oh. a Star Trek podcast. Mm-hmm. On this episode, we are wrapping up season one with Operation Annihilate, exclamation point. <laughs> uh, and then we're diving straight into episode two for the, or uh, season two, for the second part of our episode with a muck time, question mark. No, there's no question mark. As always, I am joined by... But who are you? Who am I? That's the question. Yeah. Let's start with you. I'm Caitlin. I'm Jake. I'm Chris. I'm still question mark. Now, I'm Ames, obviously. Let's talk about Operation Annihilate. Exclamation point. Exclamation point. Oh. <laughs> Annihilate! No. no. Yes, perfect. <laughs> oh, what's happening in Operation Annihilate? Let's see. We're going to the planet Deneva because there have been mass madnesses happen happening across some planets, and it looks like Deneva is next on the chopping block. And they also realize this is where Kirk's brother lives, so Kirk has a special stake in making sure madness is not spread throughout the galaxy. They get there, and Sam's brother is dead. Everyone is crazy. And they find these blob monster things that attack and get attached to Spock and inject Spock with whatever shit drives people crazy. Well, they inject him with those little bugs that crawl into your ear. And, no, 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 wait a minute, no, wait, no, no, no. No, these are like tentacle monsters that they yeah, inject him with. It's some it's type of cum. Tentacle things. It's definitely some sort of cum. <laughs> oh, not while I'm drinking. <laughs> <laughs> drinking cum? Oh, no. duh. <laughs> oh, how do you yeah. take your coffee? <laughs> I don't want it coming out my nose, though. It gets all caked up in there. Coming and... out Okay, nose. okay. I'm going to finish the synopsis first. Yes, please. Then we'll talk about coming so out of your nose. Spock gets cummed inside. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cream pie. <laughs> Continue. Remember, remember when the synopses were, like, concise and, like, two sentences long? You mean, the, you mean the first one when the Chris s- went on for 15 <laughs> fucking minutes? Is that the time you mean? <laughs> yeah, that's the time. Oh, yeah. Please, yes, I do remember. Yeah. They they learn that if you've been been infected or infiltrated by these blobby bits, you are in intense pain unless you carry out their orders, essentially. Unless you enter the hive mind and do what they want. So Spog is in intense pain, but he can, like, lessen it with his Vulcan mind powers and essentially keep doing his Spock thing. Spock learns that the critters are, like, part of a hive mind. They're basically brain cells, like, individual brain cells, so you can't kill one for some reason without having done the thing that actually kills them, they figure out eventually that the thing that kills them is UV light after testing this out on Spock and accidentally blinding Spock. But don't worry, Spock's okay, because he's a Vulcan, and Vulcans are always have a power that allow them to be okay. Speaking of Spock having Vulcan powers, we get to a muck time and he's in Ponifar, which is driving him crazy. He's acting out. He's throwing soup at Chapel. Oh, poor Chapel. And he confides after way too much dithering around. He finally confides to Kirk that he's entered his Ponifar time, which is basically when Vulcans go into heat. And he has to get home to Vulcan to bang his wife so it'll be done. We finally get to see Vulcan. We meet his his wife, T'Pring, who, in the middle of the freaking wedding ceremony thing, decides 
Nope, you're gonna fight to the death instead. And I choose Kirk as the guy you're fighting, Spock. Go ahead. What a twist. I know. So Spock and Kirk have to fight to the death. Kirk didn't know what the fuck he was getting himself into. And McCoy jumps in at one point and says, wait, this isn't fair to Kirk. I, I can inject him with this with this nonsense stuff so that, you know, he can breathe the air better and he can he can last longer so it's a more fair fight. He injects him with something or other. Spock seemingly kills Kirk and, and realizes, oh no, this is what... This is what Lady wanted all along. She wanted me to kill my friend so that I would feel animosity towards her and not actually marry her so she can marry Stan, her weird lover man. With a strangely shaped head. Yeah. Yeah. He looks like someone would be named Stan. He does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am Stan. (laughs) Yeah, like in a caveman kind of way. (laughs) Spock, in disgrace, goes back to the Enterprise stating that, well, I'm going to have to turn myself in for... Killing my captain. And Kirk says, But wouldn't you have to run by that by me first? Because he's alive and he's fine. And it was McCoy's jest all along. Him! <laughs> oh, God. It was the biggest, happiest smile. I was oh. so happy to see him alive. Oh, it was very sweet at the time. And then, of course, he had to jerk off because... Ponfar. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, let's start with Operation Annihilate, guys. F- finale of season one. So... Yeah, what a weird ending note. I um well yeah I, I think season finales having to be a big deal is a relatively modern concept like the last twenty or so years. No, that's true. But and I mean I I know that's true, and I know we've talked about that before. But I also feel like maybe they wouldn't have even known if they were like being renewed yet. Mm-hmm. No, they knew. They knew. In, oh, did they? they knew in March, and this aired in April. Oh, okay. Well, never mind then. I take it all back. Go on. But one thing I realized with this, obvious inspiration, because I haven't seen this one in a while, mm. so um, I actually, first of all, thought I wasn't going to like it. I liked it more than I thought I was going to. But also, obvious inspiration in more ways than one for the Flying Brains episode of Futurama, because they, they are also doing a very similar, like, straight line through space thing that they notice. Uh, and of course, they are effectively themselves a single giant brain, yeah, as had, opposed I to a shitload, of, a shitload of little flying brains. But I thought, oh, huh, I never, it's been so long that I never put two and two together there. So there's another, another Trek moment in, in Futurama. Yeah, I think we're just going to eventually spin this series off into a Futurama series. Dude, that would be awesome. Just natural occurrence. Well, it would be awesome except well, the, for... Well, the first four seasons. Yeah, I was going to say, except for the three or four seasons of shit plus yeah. movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those first four seasons, though. Bang on. I liked this episode. I thought it had a lot of stupid shit in it, though. There, sure, was a, yeah. there was a good amount of stupid shit. <laughs> like like Shatner in a fake mustache, a different wig, and too much makeup. Chris, well, he was dead, so it was okay. Mm-hmm. Chris actually pointed that out to me. He was like, are you ready for Are you ready for Sam? I was like, oh, is it just going to be Kirk in a wig? It yeah. sure is. Yep. <laughs> so, the brain cell monsters. So, it, yes. it is discussed that they are some sort of collective intelligence. Yeah, they're a macroscopic single-celled organism that is basic, basically a brain cell. Right. So that... Conceivably, they're all part of some larger organism that is the size of solar systems, <laughs> multiple solar systems, right? It'd have to be. That's the I don't idea. know. I mean, I mean, it doesn't have to be that one creature is this big. It could be. I mean, aliens can be fucking anything because they're alien to us. Like they, like if it's this hive mind thing, then then it's more of a collective than an individual being. But a single brain cell can't be. Well, that's why this isn't exactly like brain cells. This is like 
the alien kind of brain cell. So is this like the Borg? Yeah, actually, Maybe. I, I put a note down that Ooh. they seem to be almost an or, an all organic Borg. That's in interesting. That's interesting. And instead of instead of the nanoparticles that the Borg inject you with this, they just inject you with, yeah, they inject you with their cum. Although it does it does seem to be implied that once they've gotten what they wanted, they do dispose of their drones mm. because they don't seem to have like an army of people walking around. That's like, true. They only have the Denovans. Yeah. So it seems like probably what eventually happens is they get whatever it is they wanted or needed, and then the parasites finish off. Or who knows, maybe we just didn't see it eventually, like, alien, like, just a thousand miniature ones burst out of their chests and (laughs) they fall over dead. That would make more sense. Yeah. But yes, I definitely got, like, a sort of an all-organic Borg vibe off of them. Yeah, what wasn't working very much for me, and, and again, this is something that, you know, it wouldn't be, like, the different cells of a human brain, is that you can't kill one because it gets its power from all of them. And I'm like, you could kill one brain cell probably fine. You could kill one organism without affecting the, the, the whole. Now, was this like Jizz Blossom Planet, where the original draft had the solution being alcohol? Close. No, actually, not close at all. But yeah, okay, there was good. there was there was an entirely different uh, way to kill the, the the critters in the original script that was a little more convincing than UV light. Let's hide in the shadows, guys, to avoid the freaking sun. But the original way to dispose of the monsters was they had to find their home world and kill essentially like the controlling the first one. vampire. Basically, yeah, like yeah. their their queen hive mind Ooh. brain cell. That and once they, they the killed, yeah, once shit. once they killed the queen, the rest of them dropped dead. That sounds expensive. They could have just recovered the horda in some kind of something. <laughs> and been like there it is. There's the queen blob. Just put all the little blobs because they were just made of vomit. Fake vomit. Yeah, they did look like little fake they were, pukes. I think they were fake vomit. Breathe. They like breathing. Yeah. I did like the breathing. The breathing looked cool. Well, and I... they flew around pretty okay for the 60s. See, yeah, that's <laughs> funny. We were saying last night we were watching it. I said, when they're not moving, when they're just like stuck to a wall or something, it's kind of pulsating, they're actually pretty effective. They're gross. Yeah, yeah. You look at them, you're just like, ugh. But then once they start flinging around on fish wire, as you put it. Yeah. I was like, I was like, oh, just put them on this hook. I'll just throw them around. Like, ooh. Uh, I liked the flying. The flying was okay. I-, I wish they did more than sit or fly. I wish they could crawl or something. They did make that little noises. They did. Yeah, they got hummed and buzzed. When, when one was getting zapped, it was like screaming. Yeah. I'm, assu- I'm, I'm just going to imagine that they are just hairless tribbles. <laughs> Ball tribbles. The other thing, too, is, and I was thinking this, like, at the end, they don't know if this is sort of one of multiple hives or if this is it. They may have just committed genocide. Mm. They may have wiped a species off the face of the universe. Well, evidently, there are other planets that are have, that are infested as well, though. But right? there, are, there are parasitic species. You don't want a parasitic no, species. No, I know. I See, I always took the idea to be that they were moving from planet to planet, so they weren't necessarily... Because it sounds like they'd stuck... Like, cause some of these planets fell centuries ago. Mm. And so I was thinking if they were leaving colonies there, they already would have known what this... Spe- or would have encountered the species. Whereas this seems to be the first time, so... And they probably should have verified that since they knew how to fix it now. They're just like, oh, well, no need to tell anybody about this. We got them all. <laughs> well, here's the thing, right? Doc is a shitty doc. Oh. Well... For not fi- thinking about the the UV thing initially. Oh my god! When they were like, everyone list qualities of the sun, and they're like, well, it's, it's hot, it's hot, it's, it's big, it's round, it takes up space, it wears sunglasses. Ironically, yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> and then Kirk's like, wait a minute, I got it. 
It's light. And keep in mind, Kirk only thought of this, it's implied, because he was playing with a computer yeah, and a light bulb light. turned on. And he was like, oh, oh wait a minute. Literal oh, light bulb. I missed that. I yeah, missed it's very moment. subtle. But he just kind of, he flicks a switch and the light goes on and off. And he's just like, my God, suns are shining. <laughs> so it has been, it is a known thing that UV light has antiseptic properties like you know they use uv light in laboratories to clean equipment cool and to sterilize equipment so the fact that that mccoy would be would be like well let's just try all the light like i think you'd start with the light that is most likely to not blind spock first not blind spock but to give him horrible horrible melanomas everywhere no 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 it's a Vulcan thing. Vulcans don't get cancer. But everybody on that poor planet, everybody on that planet, possibly. I mean, but they were all dead anyway. Weren't considering they? there were some left. Were they all dead? No, they weren't. Well, what about Kirk's nephew? No, no, they were saying there were there were there were still a shitload of people there. They were all just indoors, so they hiding have to from pay the sun. Extras. The sun and Kirk and those men that that were that ran out with with, uh, the, with the plastic. plastic. Run away from us! We're going to attack you. We don't want you, but run away. I like how the official uh, term for being hit with a club is. They were going to brain us with these yeah. clubs. Oh, yeah. it's cute. Yeah, see, I, I I will say I did I didn't like the episode, but that whole thing at the end where it was like, oh no, Spock's blind. Two minutes later, never mind. It's like, oh no, Kirk's dead. Two minutes later, never mind. Well, see that at least <laughs> that was. Relevant to the plot, though, because they had to fake his death mm. to get him out of the fight. Oh, yeah, yeah. This yeah. was just like, let's have an extra minute or two of dramatics when they could have just had dramatics some other yeah, way. Yeah, I don't know. See, the dramatics with McCoy, when McCoy realized that it's his fault that Spock went blind and he didn't have to. Yeah. That was very nice. Yeah, That's... I mean, the Force Kelly did do very well with that. But just as far as the plot goes, because it happened so close to the end, it was like, I mean, I see it. Especially because, again, two seconds later... Because you really think, even if McCoy didn't think of it, since apparently they could run these tests anyway, why not run all the tests before you stick a person in the box? Right. Well, it just, then it, they did it, they'd have to go catch another one of the things. They'd have to send Spock down there alone again because for some reason well, brain-controlled res- Spock is trustworthy. I'd assume the results, though, had come from the um, parasite they had zapped right before they zapped Spock. Yeah, but well, that one was dead. No, I know, but I mean, I assume the test results they were getting, oh. that Chapel oh. ran with. So what I thought was stupid about that was that Spock was like, oh, you should test it on me because I am the logical choice because I, whatever. And I was like, no, like, he's actually not the logical choice because everyone else is human and he's not human, oh, which yeah. means that, Test like, it on the nephew. Fuck you, nephew. Yeah, really. Like, I was, I mean, obviously they weren't going to do that, but I was like, no, like, you're actually the least obvious choice yeah. because you're the one who is not like everybody else who's affected on this planet. Like, That's I was really point. bothered by that. Also, you're the fucking second in command on the ship. Why do we keep doing this thing? <laughs> yeah, like, grab one of those guys that were trying to brain you with their clubs yeah. and throw the, them in there. He's the best first officer in the fleet. Yes. Oh, but don't tell sweet. him. Yeah, I said that. Don't tell him. I said, you, you, you've been worrying so much about his Vulcan ears. Nope. Nope. I botched that. Eyes. The yeah. eyes are what you worry about. Was that the first sort of sly use of "Hey guys, if you squint, Vulcan kind of sounds like fucking"? Because I don't yeah. know. I didn't think of that at all. Oh, I've always kind of. Oh, you, I, I, you forgot about it. 
Vulcan ears. Yeah, I've always taken her ear Vulcan mind to be their way ha. of kind of slipping oh, yeah, fucking absolutely. mind. Oh, absolutely. I don't know. I feel like it's too early to try to even, to even try to try to do that. They said hell recently. Well, hell, hell is in a, on a different level than fuck. I think. Well, that's true. But they they, they still they still like, bleep fuck. There are hella brain cell monsters on this planet. Oh, fuck no, you, Jim. Not hella. Anyway, They're speaking totally of bomb. our new nephew, Peter, uh, who spends the entire Peter episode unconscious. Jake, get out. That's a biblical reference. It is. Wow. No, thank you. <laughs> uh, there was there was a cut scene. It also means... Oh, my dead. God! <laughs> fuck all of you! Oh, I didn't do it. Fuck all of Jake is what I mean. Oh, <laughs> uh, oh no. You were saying something no. about dicks and Peters. Nope, not anymore. Uh, you know, but I want to hear it. Were you talking about the fact that uh, even though he does nothing in this episode, he shows up later in a shitty, shitty episode? I don't know the shitty episode, so I don't know that one. Oh, see, I looked him up because I'm like, this kid is... Really annoyingly familiar. But he's unconscious. How do you even know? Because he's unconscious the entire episode. I don't know. You get one look at him. I know. And I was like, I know this face. And it turns out he shows up in uh, And the Children Shall Lead, huh. which is one It's not with- Miri again, is it? It sounds like Miri part it's, two. It's Miri uh, only worse. Uh, because the children are there like the whole time. And it's, oh God, if you don't know this episode, I shan't spoil it. I'm sorry. But it's terrible. But the boy would eventually. this season or next season? I don't know, to be honest. Okay. But uh, the boy would later go on, um, he, he, did, he had a bunch of like child acting credits in the 60s, and would eventually go on actually to become a uh, session musician and music producer in Los Angeles, uh, and actually did some work for a couple of the Star Trek movies. And according to Wikipedia, in 2004, the studio he founded was voted by Billboard to be the number two studio in the world for like professional music mixing. Oh, good for him. Yeah, so nice to you know, a, a child actor whose life turned out, it sounds like, good. But yes, he would have a, uh, aside from the multiple, the two appearances on the original series, he would have some behind-the-scenes musical involvement with the films as well. So he actually has a long Star Trek connection Neat. after this. What he didn't have in this in this episode was another freaking scene, because it was cut. I kind of felt like there must have yeah. been. It, I assume the intention was to He have... was supposed to at least have a line, or to be awake. Mm. Uh, but no, he was supposed to have a scene with Kirk, with, with Unky Kirk, so that, you know, he'd be a character, essentially, instead of just a prop. <laughs> yeah, because he was, yeah, like, I was waiting, like, is there a, is there a, it seems pointless to it. Also, his parents are both dead now. So dead. He's basically An- Anakin Skywalker. Yeah. And, but, uh, I mean, you know, like, Kirk was in no way going Skywalker, to take responsibility really. for him. Mm. Hopefully, hopefully, uh, George and Winona are still alive and they can, uh, ship him back to Earth to be raised by his grandparents. No, I think they're going to send him to be raised by friends of his parents, but they cut it so we'll never know. Mm. Now... Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Peter mm. means rock. Peter. <laughs> <laughs> also, penis. Yes. So, Kirk's nephew. Mm-hmm. Peter. Peter. Rock. His mother mm-hmm. is the lady that died. Orilon. Amazing set of pipes on that actress. Now, here's the thing. So, I, the actress, or really the character, I guess you could say, really stood out to me. Because in Star Trek, all of the f- women are like young, 
attractive. Like they all look, they all have a certain look. Yeah, they've got one of the one of the pre-approved faces. They want the pre-approved faces and, and the pre-approved pre pre-approved figures. They're all past puberty, Jake. And um, Jesus but this woman actually looked like like an adult woman. And I, and I thought that was interesting because we don't really see that many adult women in Star Trek. I hadn't thought of that, but yeah, I guess she did. Uh... She had a mom. She had a mom look. She had a mom we hairdo. See, we see Tapau next episode. But... Well, yeah. Well, there's like matronly women. Oh, okay. And then there's like the young, the young hottie women in Star Trek. There's not really much in between that we've seen so far. There's no like middle aged moms. Mm. Moms. Meh. So I'm this, sure that's probably is, just largely true of television in general. But yeah, probably, you're right. It does. Yeah, I mean, you know, you got to have TNA and you got to have grandmas. Yeah, the two things everyone likes. They, they they had to like make it super clear that Kirk was not going to try to uh, oh, keep it in the family as a oh, woman. My, my brother's I kinda, widow. I kind of thought that at first though, because like when he sees her and like grabs her, and I was just like, oh my god, he's not even in his grave. He's still cold. warm. Listen, if if Kirk He'd wanted to do the honorable thing, he, he was probably considering doing it's the honorable face. thing and marrying her to raise the the nephew. No, he wasn't. That's what they would have done. He doesn't in the raise his days. own son. What olden days are you this talking about? Third century. In the olden days. If your brother in like biblical times, no, like in like Peter means rock. In, in like <laughs> the last you know couple hundred years, if your brother died and left a widow and and a and a son, oftentimes you would step in and marry the widow. That's true. And are you raise just the child. are you just basing this history on Hamlet? Like you think that's a how to guide? Sometimes yes. in the past, if you killed your husband or no, you killed this, your killed your brother, you could then marry his, it is a his fair, wife. It was a fairly common practice to marry your brother's widow. Wow. That's... Yeah, no, it actually it was a thing. Like if if the brother was himself single, then yeah, he would step in and ready to mingle. Mm. I think this was mostly though, of, like there was like actually like a proper amount of money in an estate though that you were trying to sort of keep. Mm. Like I don't think it tended to happen, say among the poorer classes necessarily, because whatever. Who can afford another wedding? Yeah. Really? This is yet another episode in which we find some influencer that causes people to go crazy. True. Love that. There's so much of that, and it's not even pon far. <laughs> there was a, a weird thing I noticed in this one. They were like playing around with the costumes a little, where the women. Uh, the female crew members. Say it right. The women. <laughs> the the female crew members would randomly have belts sometimes, mm. but not all the time. Yeah. Like I think Uhura I had that. one once or twice. The yeoman, who was a terrible actress, by the way. Um, they haven't found a new Rand. No, they. I think they eventually give up. Oh, that's a shame. But um, I just bought Grace Lee with Whitney's book. Hmm. Yeah, let us know how it is. Yeah, I will. I was hoping to try to look at it before today, seeing as we're wrapping up season one, but that didn't happen. Mm. But yeah, like, the yeoman occasionally had it, and then she didn't, and this and that. And at first I maybe it was just because she got out of the planet, but it was like, well, no, but Uhura had it. Also, Doc and Chapel were in these weird surgery scrubs that I don't think we ever see again. Hmm. I'm not sure. You know, like, they've they had the Spock, patients in Spock, those Spock, before. Oh, okay, I was just going to say, they put Spock in one of those weird Yeah, you know, Khan before. even had one when hmm. he was in the infirmary. But oh, normally, the, the, the deep, deep yeah, medical robe? Yeah, yeah, which, again, normally is on the patients, but they don't usually put on Chapel and McCoy, but they did this time. Listen, Starfleet uniform regulations are pretty lax. They're a little <laughs> weird. I don't know. We haven't seen seen the the Shirtle in a while. Yeah, I know. No, no this, was a, this was a good year for for Shatner. <laughs> yeah, third season. Well, we do. probably wear it all the time. Another another uh, thing we have in sick bay or wherever we were is the K three indicator, which measures pain. Yeah, that's interesting. I don't want to know. I don't know. Want to know how they found these ratings? <laughs> Spock's ratings are off the chart. 
Mm. Oh, yeah. I have a note here. Scotty loves disobeying orders. He does. Oh, actually, that was something I noticed. You know, when when Spock invades the transporter room, you know, he, like, flings like, Scotty against yeah, the wall. And, and, like, pinches poor Leslie out. When Spock is leaving later with Kirk and McCoy, Leslie reaches up and rubs his shoulder. Ah, mm. oh, good well, for Leslie. A nice little, nice little touch. He looks vaguely annoyed, and, you know, rightly so. Mm-hmm. They never I'm said. I'm just doing my fucking job, Spock. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure. You know, I don't think. It, I don't know if they've ever discussed it. They very well may have, but if they have, I either forgot or haven't seen the episode. But what waking up from one of them is like? Mm. Like, do you just kind of come to, or is it like the worst hangover of your life? Because I'm willing to bet there's a good chance it's the latter. <laughs> mm. Could be. Certainly, it makes your shoulder sore. Yes. Oh man! Speaking of Uhura from earlier, there's that bit where Kirk is like kind of pressuring her to try to make contact. And she's like, oh, oh the, yeah. And like, he's just like pushing her. She makes this face like, do not fuck with me. Yeah. Do not test me. They're Kurt. not picking up the phone, Captain. Yeah. Asshole. I know what I'm doing. They apparently don't know what they're doing. I've been in this crew for ages. Don't you fucking dare. Mm. You know, Nichelle Nichols gives, gives amazing face as a horror. It's like, you're just like, ooh, I love it. You know, another thing I saw in this episode, they show the star map of the progression of where the crazy is you going. The, you mean the picture of colorful stars on the yes, wall. Yes, yeah. I thought it was a light bright, so. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, I, I see they like to clump them by color because they just move the red giants around or something. I, I love how on the bridge there are just like pictures of spacey stuff on the <laughs> walls. And like, usually I just assumed it was decoration, you know? Just like, oh, you know, we'll, we'll hang up some cool like dorm room posters on the <laughs> bridge. Look close. So, There's that one everyone had of John Belushi in oh, that yeah. college. Yeah. You know when they See, get all really the girls stoned, had dirty on the black light uh, on the bridge. Audrey Hepburn, Audrey Hepburn in that Breakfast at Tiffany pose or whatever. Yeah, yeah. everybody knows. Yeah, yeah the, the train spotting poster with the whole speech on it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, and that Blues Brothers one. Yeah. Oh no, the uh, the Pink Floyd poster with the naked ladies like the sitting on the, on the. Oh, I love that poster. That's a good yeah, a friend of mine had that one. I had that one. Not just because of butts. I just think it's beautiful artistically. The butts are also nice. But nice butts. Yeah. Was weird. I had a poster of Guernica, but that's <laughs> it's a good work of art. My, it's a great work. Of another reason why by being bisexual should have been surprising to no one. Do you remember that I had like three or four posters of Marilyn Monroe in my dorm room in college? Did your grandmother one, point that out? At I one had point one above my bed. I would just wake up and be yeah. like, "What's up, Marilyn?" Hmm. I collected photo clippings yeah, of things on mimic. fire. Photo clippings of what? <laughs> Things on fire. Oh. See, the fact that you're just kind of staring into the middle distance <laughs> as you say that, listeners, you didn't get the benefit of that. She was staring into the middle distance. Send help. She was wondering what temperature she would need to to make fire on the microphone. You know what would be a great fucking poster? A fake magic guy. Like a magic guy that <laughs> oh wasn't my God, actually yes. a magic guy. And you just have people in your house just staring at it yeah. for hours. Oh, oh yeah, that would be at first, I was like, "What's a magic eye?" I couldn't You're remember. A magic yeah, eye. yeah, yeah. You have to yeah. like make your vision go all loop de loop to see what's happening. Oh, it's a shark. So, so a quick question. Actually, I was thinking of this because you guys watched it on Netflix, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know what it was for you guys, but when the Enterprise like was getting close to the Denovan Sun and had to pull away, in ours, like clearly they had just had like a big yellow like. Like, they, they put a bulb or something. Like, it gave off light. But then to make it look like a sun, they must have gone in later and just kind of scratched circles into the negatives. Because oh. it's, like, oh. bad little swirling circles in the original. I oh. yours was just a CG yeah, it was sun. A CG it, looks, sun. it looked pretty sunny. Yeah. Ours was, like, a yellow dot with swirls. Was oh. it wearing sunglasses, Ames? It should have been. It was, it was bright. You can go blind looking at that thing. Unless yeah. you've got fucking Extra second eyelids. eyelids. 
God damn it, Spock. Oh, God. You can't let anybody know all, all of your... You can't, like, make us a list, all of your fucking powers. But well, what I love with that McCoy one... McCoy has, like, done examinations of Spock before. He would have seen that there are a second set of eyelids. Yeah, you, you're not checking the eyes, you know, check your vision, look at the chart. Oh, you got two eye, eyelids? Good to know. Well, this time Spock's... Oh, your heart's where your spleen should be? Good to know. <laughs> Spock's excuse here, too, is even not even just that, you know, we don't talk about it like it usually is. It was just like, oh, yeah, I forgot we have that. It's so, it's so, yeah, it's so common to me. You people don't have that? So why, so why didn't, why didn't it kick in at once? Why, when he leaves the light chamber, does he, like, walk out, bump into a table, and realize he's blind, and then later it come back? You know when you get your eye, you know when you get your pupils dilated at the, for an eye exam? It's like that. Okay, that makes sense. I had sort of assumed what happened was the, the secondary eyelid had kicked in, and it just kind of took a while to... Because that's like why when, he like when he you was blind. when you look into the sun and you get that big splot in the eye for a while, this is like that with the whole yeah. eye. Or well, maybe yeah. maybe it just like maybe the, it was bright enough to cause temporary damage, mm. but oh, maybe. you know the the second eyelid filtered out enough of the light that it wasn't permanent. Yeah, something. I mean, it's I mean, it just like I said, and that whole like again, I mean, I docked did a really good job with what he was given, but the yeah. fact that that whole section existed, it felt unnecessary. Doc. Like, Really wore his incompetence on his sleeve this week. Yeah, they did. They that like they, they he had to he had to take some blows for the sake of the story. Well, it's not just that though. Like there were other times, like when Kirk's sister in law is, oh, Christ, is dying, and spot and and Bones is just standing right next to Kirk, Walking. and she dies, and all of this all the little indicators go to zero, and and McCoy just stands there. Like, he doesn't try to resuscitate or doesn't try to do anything, you she know. Might, she might have been DNR. You know, she's, she's crashing. DNR? Do not, not resuscitate. Uh, Pretty sure you can just read that through the tricorder. I'm sure that's just like a chip somewhere in her brain in somewhere, yeah. Yeah, well, I would, DNR, because I have a small son. Well, and I, I hate him. I would do not resuscitate DNR in might... case of alien... Exactly. Like, it's one thing if it's like DNR because, you know, you're going to be a vegetable the rest of your life. It's another thing where it's like, oh, well, these aliens... Have killed her. Let's try to, you know, save her from the alien monsters. Listen, leather to law is DNR is DNR. Not in Star Trek time. You know what Maybe. I liked too from uh, McCoy though was, you know, when he's on the bridge with the jar of of, of sperm tentacles and uh, Kirk is like, "Did you get them out?" He's like, "Oh, no, 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 just, just remove these for examination." But he says it like in such a chill, nonchalant way. Like <laughs> it's almost like he's so fascinated by studying this phenomena, he really doesn't give a fuck about anything else. Mm. <laughs> Which, again, you'd expect that from Spock, not McCoy. Which, actually, that was another weird thing, speaking of him being kind of weird in this one, was like, you know, he's like, Kirk, you've got you've to think about the, the, the people down on the planet, not just your nephew and Spock. And it's like, mm. well, yes, but, see, you've got your nephew and Spock here, which means it's logical to think, yeah, let's study these two, and then hopefully that means we'll find a way to help those people. on the, These two things are not disconnected, McCoy. What's going on? Why, why have you forgotten how things work this week? You know what it is? He's given up drink. He's oh, crying, yeah. and He's it's really throwing him off. He had a mint julep too many. Got a little, got a little physical with Chapel, and and then they made him drop the sauce. <laughs> Threw up in somebody's open chest cavity. Oh. <laughs> really frown on that. Oh god, that that was something we thought of though. Uh, we were talking about this last night because uh, it's just with the nephew and Spock and how Spock's. Oh, you might have to send us back down there for when you sterilize the planet. So there, apparently, that could be a non-military use of General Order Twenty Four. 
That's true. Mm. That that could be a justification for an order like that that isn't related to we're crazy warmongers. It's, yeah, this planet's full of death and mayhem. That's true. That is a good point. But they didn't refer to it as General Order They 24. did not, but... Well, 24 he actually, Prime. He didn't actually have to give it, is the thing. That's true, but he could have been like, prepare for General Order 24. Ted Sting. But make sure that you're in red alert before you jettison, because... That's yeah. right, Dan. Get in that, in that ion pod. Finney's in there. That actually, that, that, that's how they do General Order 24. They put Finney in a big metal ball, <laughs> shoot it at the surface of the planet at, like, warp one, mm. and that just... Obliterates it. Everything just gone. I don't know if you guys noticed this, but in the establishing shot of the little science lab that we got to see... Mm-hmm. The pressure chamber door was seen. <laughs> yep, I, I, I got a note in there. It's like, oh, it's the pressure chamber. But then uh, they didn't use it. They didn't sad. use it. It was it's just, just it was only seen in that one shot. Yeah, it's I, so that we know we're in the in, in a sciency area. Yeah, 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 yeah. What I actually thought was when they you know when they first beamed down to the Denovan city, I was like, oh wow, nice office mall, <laughs> community college. What is this? It, <laughs> looked, it looked like a big playground area with all the spirals well, yeah, there and were things. some like some interesting sculptures. Yeah, that, well, that so I'd, like, I'd let kid, i let little Peter play on that. It looks great. <laughs> is it tall? Is that why you say that? Tall and pointy. Hopefully he falls off. <laughs> mm. But yeah, it was, it was clearly like bad public art at whatever this office block or whatever was. It must be kind of weird because it was a they, McDonald's playground. They clearly had found some place like in Los Angeles that looked futury and filmed there. So it must have been kind of surreal, like, if you worked there and liked the show, just being like, oh, this pulls me out of it, rather. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, in the 60s, they assumed that the future would just look like the 60s. Yes. Yes. But, I mean, I mean every... Let's be honest. Most science fiction is, di- is, is guilty of thinking that the future will be what we currently think the future will look like. But which with means, more silver clothes. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, fucking... Uh, you ever seen the original Rollerball? No. no. It's actually a really good movie, but all aesthetics in it are just so 1970s. <laughs> like, every font is that 70s computer font with the chunky letters and the random dots. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone's got bell bottoms and big ties and awful 70s stashes. And I mean, Otherwise, actually, a really good film, but it has the not 70s could come well back. You don't know. Yeah, but oh my god. I mean, they apparently came back full fucking force. You know, that 70s computer font, if it's the one I'm thinking of, it's just the Maker font. Sure, I didn't know it had a name. I mean, all fonts well, it's name, not, I Well, so it's the font that they print when they're printing micro codes on checks. Yeah, right, because it's easier for computers to read or something, yeah, right? Yeah, because they, they actually read the thickness of the letters and not the, uh, the you know. The, oh, interesting. It's the old school OCR. But yes, that's exactly well, it's not optical it. character, it's magnetic character recognition. Oh. Micro is magnetic ink. I didn't know this. Yeah. But yes, it, that's what I meant, that, like, that checkbook font yes hmm. okay now I know what you're talking about yeah, yeah. Was like, yeah the numbers at the bottom of a check are written in that font yeah that, that was like whenever the 70s did the future that's what all font was mm. for our readers who are too young to remember what checks are they're little pieces <laughs> of paper that you write on that stand in for money they're like an ATM card they're card. IOUs and they have magnetic ink at the bottom that can be read by machines clever and have had that since the 60s it's like one of the oldest things in, you know, in terms of like computer scanning of, of physical documents. Our listeners will eventually know what a check is, though, because everybody has to pay rent eventually, and that's basically the way. So, yeah. You'll a lot find of places them. do direct deposit. God, I wish ours did. Um, I always paid in cash when I paid rent. Really? Well, that's because you're living as a fugitive and can't hold that's down true. a real job, and that's a you good get point. paid in cash whenever you bash someone's knees for the I would, I would, I would often, like... <laughs> Not pay for months and months and months, so that like every nine months I just show up with a briefcase full of cash. 
sounds like it glowed whenever you opened it. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, I mean, landlords, once they realize that's the deal, they're actually okay with it. Like, at first, I wasn't that so paying. But then when you show up with a briefcase full of money, it's like, oh, okay, let's not piss this guy off. Do you want a few hundred off the rent? No, you're, you're sure. It's, whatever you need. It sounds like we've run out of things to say about Operation Annihilate! With an exclamation Why is it point. an operation? That's... They'll be, because this is the, the title they gave to the writer and said, use, it was originally Operation Destroy. They gave this title to the writer to give him something to work with, and this is the episode he, well, he came up with. Wow. I think this is the same one that did Shore Leave? Correct oh, me if boy. I'm wrong. And that's why they were like, oh my god, fucking right. This is why it's the last episode of the season, because it, it, he, he was one of the slower writers. <laughs> mm. and, he's still, and this is the best he could do, huh? Before, there were some moments. Before we move on, I just, one of my other notes I just yeah. noticed is uh, there's this great moment where uh, I think it actually is, it ties into that moment I was talking about a minute ago with the whole like people on the planet thing. But he's like, he's like, your affection for Spock, and you know your your nephew's over there. <laughs> like even McCoy is like, I know you don't give up. Fiddlers fuck about your family. We yeah, we lose Kirk's brother. He finds his brother dead, what and it's, it's such a it's such a brief morning. It's such a brief moment for him. I don't think he's ever mentioned again, either. They're estranged, that's all. Really? I don't know. No, they're not. I don't know. Apparently so, because I did did look this up, because I had actually kind of half forgotten about Sam Kirk. So I looked him up. Apparently he was mentioned in an offhanded way in an earlier episode, so he didn't come out of nowhere for this one. This is according to the Memory Alpha article. I even forget what episode it was. But um, he was mentioned in an offhand way, and then he dies here. And then I think, like I said, he's never mentioned again. But I'm looking at him, I was like, wait, is he supposed to be older? Did he exist? Mustache means older, right? Well, that and the hair was, like, whiter. I don't know. But I was like, did, did, did they ever mention his existence in the mm. new movies? And apparently, if you remember the, the 2009 reboot, Ugh. there's the bit where Kirk blows by another kid in the uh, stolen car. Yeah, I, I read this too, and I was like, God, yeah, yeah, damn, was, that Johnny! stupid scene. They dubbed the Johnny in later. That was originally supposed to be Sam, who was running away from home. And running away from home? Like, like what is up with in, in the household? They did not like their stepfather. Ooh, that sucks. Um, but they love his car. Well, so apparently, in other deleted scenes, that car was actually George's. And they resented that the stepdad or whoever... Because I guess originally he was written as the stepdad, then became an uncle. Or, it's really weird. Yeah, all the, it sounds weird. But either which way that was basically... Was it the uncle that swoops in where he's the mother or what? <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah. But um, either which way they, they resented the fact that this interloper, either uncle or stepfather, depending upon the draft, uh, had sort of claimed George's car as his own. Why cut that from the movie then? That's uh, I don't know. Maybe time. Maybe it's just like two seconds. The, the, it's a it's a ten minute well, no, no, car there was, chase. There was scene. a whole like scene, I guess. Like, it's a ten minute car chase yeah, scene. You could weird. cut like a moment to be like, "Bye, Sam." But but I'm s- taking back what's ours. Yeah. I'm driving it off a cliff because I'm a fucking idiot. But yeah, Sam does apparently exist in the other timeline. It just he didn't make it into the film, but apparently he has since been acknowledged in the comics. Because at first I just thought, oh yeah, Sam's probably the younger brother, so he just never existed. It's like, oh no, he's he looks to potentially be an older brother. Hmm. I don't know well, if they, he was they supposed aged to... him up. He must have been older. I yeah, mean, they had all that horrible makeup Bad on him. Makeup. So. But yeah, it's like so. I don't know if you know he was just not on the Kelvin, or if he was on a different escape shuttle, or what. But well, it seemed, you know, it seemed, it always seemed weird to me that Kirk's George Kirk's wife was on the Kelvin, because mm. at this point in time, you know, you really didn't have 
families living on starships. No, especially the Kelvin, which is a very small ship. Yeah, it's just a saucer session. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very small ship. Yeah. Maybe it was just because she was due. Yeah. Well, was she was she a Starfleet officer? I was gonna say I was. I I don't remember because certainly I was gonna say because we were going to have those two officers getting married in this season. That's right. But it's not. I don't know. Like it's certainly I don't think ever mentioned in the original timeline if she was. Hmm. And it never comes up definitely in the Kelvin films if she was or wasn't. Right. So. Hmm. I mean, certainly though, we have, it does feel like maybe part of the original idea, I don't know if I ever mentioned this, of the series in general, was that there actually were civilians on the Enterprise. Really? Because in some of the early episodes, you do see people not in uniforms in the hallways and the rec rooms. I assume they were just on break or... Yeah, but everyone else, everyone else who's on break is still in uniform usually. Yeah. Like, and I think that idea was probably dropped, ultimately, because you do only see people in uniform from that point forward. Well, also, the Enterprise is always getting into trouble, right? Yeah. It would be dangerous to keep civilians on board. It would be a terrible, stupid idea, and it's like, you know, I mean, maybe one day you could have a ship that could split in two uh, whenever there was a fight until that turned out to be too yeah, expensive. Yeah, but, but the part that you put all the people on is the part without the warp drive. Yeah. So yeah. the one that's basically stuck where it is. Yeah, we're getting super ahead of ourselves yeah, as always. Yeah. Um, but at least, you know, I, I bet you Mott the Barber is is a civilian. Mott, Mott. I forgot about the Barber. Yeah. We'll talk about the Barber in a couple well, of years. Yes. It's been a good, <laughs> this has been a really good 20 minute interlude. How about yeah. we talk about you a month gone time? Should have used the bathroom now or something. I could pee again. <laughs> yeah, so a couple of things with this episode, right? We got introduction of some new scoring, some really Yeah, some, really cool some nice scoring. scoring. Like the the Vulcan story. theme song, right? Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. Slightly longer intro because they include DeForest yeah. Kelly in He's the in credits. credits yeah. now. Yay. Um, uh, the introduction of Pavel Chekhov. Yay. And his and his Horrible Ladies wig. wig. Yeah, yep. nice. His nice. An awful wig. Check off wig. They couldn't have got a men's wig for him. But you know, oh. I, 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 I actually Beatles think wigs are expensive. It re- it's really <laughs> it was nice for for Sulu to have a buddy. It yeah. is. Like yeah. the they were cute together. I liked it. It was goofy. I enjoyed it. But no, and actually, it was that. That's why they wanted to have that sort of Beatles stroke monkey's haircut. He was supposed to appeal uh, to the kids. I yeah. saw that. Yeah, they're like, the you know what, young young female demographic. Let's find a younger male actor. I don't know why they did Russian. Russian is an interesting choice for that. Supposedly, mm. some sort of Russian, like either citizen or diplomat or something, allegedly like wrote a letter to uh, Roddenberry, being like, "Yo, uh, you've envisioned this this utopic future. Where are the Russians?" And he was like, "All right, we were gonna have a new character anyway." Well, so. well, in my in my future, we blew you all up. Oh! Oh, Thank you, President Trump. What I liked about... No, no, we're not going to blow them up because they're going to be in charge. <laughs> yes. yeah, the Russians um, are the answer is they're all this. Russians. Yes. What I liked about Chekhov's entrance is that you've got Kirk like calling calling him a lot. Like First it's like, Mr. Chekhov, what do you think about this? And then he calls him on the view screen. Mr. Chekhov, da 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 Then he calls him again to reroute the thing. Oh, Mr. Chekhov, do 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 I feel like it's like, all right, you're new. We want to make sure that they get it. You're Mr. Chekhov right now. Yeah, you're, we're making you happen, like yeah. fetch, only this will work. Well... Yeah, but there have been other one-off characters that have basically had the same focus true it's just that he lasts yeah right? like they they actually they actually he committed. had that special something he sure did it they was a lady's wig <laughs> yeah. so you know what's funny about Chekhov this is again a bit of a tangent but it's funny when I was in college my the the spell checker for Microsoft Word 
I wish I was kidding, knew the spelling of Chekhov as in Ensign Pavel, but not Chekhov as in one of the most major playwrights of the 20th century. Hmm. Anton? Yep, I had mm. I had to teach it that spelling of Chekhov. And as an English major, that was probably pretty necessary for you. Actually, I only ever did one course where I read Chekhov, so that's wow. how I found out. It took me a few years. But the I never, fact that I never had to read him in college, I read him afterwards. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I had to I, I had to teach it Chekhov spelled properly. And I thought, of course, of course the nerds that made this program would think to put in the space Chekhov, but not the, you know, flesh and blood Chekhov. Maybe they didn't check to make sure it was different or anything. We, they I, were going down they were going down their yeah. list and they didn't check, check off, off that item. I, I mean, they also just may have had a bit of a literary blind spot because I then started checking other people and it didn't know um, Wolf as in Virginia Wolf. Uh, so, so yeah. amok time. Amok time. Amok time. It's so amok. Time has run amok. Mm-hmm. It sounds like like you haven't watched the episode. Yeah. <laughs> what can I say about time? Well, Jake, it's so it was, amok. It was late. Jake had been drinking all evening. Oh, no. So it's... He, he, cla- a, he claimed he remembered. I, I remember this episode very well. Yeah. Um, we start. We start it's off. A classic. Yeah. We start off with Spock throwing soup at Chapel. Poor Chapel. Well, Poor actually, Chapel. before before he even throws yeah. throws the soup at her, McCoy gets in a little inappropriate oh, yes. comment, like, "Ah, you're still trying to bone the Vulcan." I see. I mean, the lo- <laughs> yeah. Good luck. <laughs> the line was the line was you never give up hoping, do you? Which which could be a hoping he'll eat the fucking soup. He'll eat something. Oh oh, oh. Christ. Oh dear. This is what, this Those is Vulcan a, tongues this is are long. G G Are they? Podcast. I don't know. Oh. No it isn't. Yeah, we swear constantly. <laughs> Uh, you know what I liked actually though, speaking of the plum eat soup. First of all, that name will stick around. Second of all, when Kirk leaves Spock's quarters after questioning him in that opening bit, there's still soup stains on the wall. Yeah, that, yeah, that, that was, was a good, good piece of Which, continuity. Yeah, especially thing. considering that would have been a whole different set and shot. Could have been even days later. They had to go out of their way to make sure to keep that stain there. No, yeah. it was probably an accident. They probably just couldn't get it out of the wall. And they were uh-huh. like, well, fuck it, we can't replace it, so... Yeah, I don't know. But I thought that was nice. It's like, hey, you know, it's like two in a row. We had Leslie, show, you know, rub his arm, and now we had soup still on the wall. Hello, everyone. Dickhead. We are having a pause for cat shenanigans. Oh, buddy. Doop, doop, He's such doop. an ass. Now, I always forget. Is he Darmok or Jalad? He's uh, Darmok. Okay. He doesn't know that. He doesn't know that. No, 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 no. Actually, they did do a study recently. Cats... Recognize their name, but don't give a shit. Yeah. Yeah, which is They recognize perfect. their name. They don't recognize anybody else's name. They just recognize the shit you say at them a lot. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, I've noticed Phantom will kind of perk up if you say Phantom, or if you say Chubbs, because I call them Chubbs. Mm. Yeah, they, they've, they've, like, tested brainwaves, so they, they'll recognize their name, but so often, other like, a dog, when you say the name, they'll be like, me? I'm that thing. I'm that name. Cats are like, yeah, I know. Fuck it. <laughs> yeah, like, the part of the brain that recognizes it works with both of them, but the part of the brain that gives a fuck only turns on with dogs. Oh, buddy. So Which, I mean, is, you know, part of the, for me, part of the joy of cats. Mm. That and, like, you know, if they come up wanting affection and I'm not in the mood, I can kind of shoo them away and they won't give me sad eyes like a dog would. Like, dogs feel things and I can't deal with that. Cats just hate and eat. <laughs> and that I understand. Oh, he's bad. Bad and than ever. <laughs>
know what's really sad about the Amok Time theme? Uh, no. It's not an original piece of music. Oh. It is influenced, in air quotes, by another... I, I read this article a few months ago, and it, it pretty heavily rips off an existing piece of music, which I will attempt to find that article and get it on our Facebook page after hmm. this episode goes live. Cool. They are deathly similar, though. It's like, oh, man, nothing awesome is ever, like, pure. Mm. Deathly similar. Yeah, that's a weird adjective That's there. a unique term of, turn of phrase. So, yeah, I was thinking this when watching the episode. It's like, you think Spock threatening to, you know, break Doc's neck and then whipping some soup at a wall, like, he should at least be talking to Starfleet HR at this point, right? Yeah, or at least... Like, the, if I the, wanted the, soup, I'd ask for it, you dumb bitch. Yeah, at least <laughs> the, the, ship, the ship psychologist or something. Oh, uh, that's odd Doc McCoy, also. Yeah, well, that's right. Break his neck. <laughs> I did like, though, that when he went back into his room, they did, like, as close as possible to a sliding door slamming. Like, it just seemed to close a little faster <laughs> than <laughs> usual. I wonder if there's a button for that, like, close. I'm mad close. Yeah, I ignored the entire subplot of the we have to go to where Altair or whatever the fuck oh, it is. Oh, yeah. It wasn't really it's, a subplot. It was just like the... The, the driving force. Yeah, the, the, the reason we yeah. couldn't just deal with Spock's issue. Yeah, it was... It, it was, seemed fucking lagging. Well, it was just like, you know, otherwise the episode would have run seven minutes short. So there had to be some dithering. I don't it even think just, it added time. I think it just, you know, it's it's there to be like, well, we can't just do what Spock wants because things, well, even though... Well, dramatic no. tension. Yeah, well, what uh, it was... He it could was, die. It was going to show... I feel like the point of it was to show that Kirk's friendship and his loyalty to Spock is more important than his... Captaincy? Than his career. Yeah, which, I mean, Ooh. he says. You know, he's he could, he could be like, freaking court-martialed again. Well, right, yeah. because he, he goes out of his way. He deliberately disobeys his orders to, to help Spock out, and then Spock kills him yeah but yeah he's like but he said you know he saved me a dozen times over isn't that worth a career right and he's only killed me once (laughs) (laughs) so i mean i guess there is that yeah it does show that kirk really does because i mean so much of the first season they do talk about how important command is to him and this and that and there was the whole thing with the court martial like He's very serious about this. Yeah, yeah. So this is not a decision he would take lightly. Even mm. if it's, it's the thing that breaks him out of space madness mm. and yeah. f- spore flower madness and probably various other madnesses because there's a new madness every episode as Syphilis well. madness. But he really mm. doesn't, he madness. doesn't even give it a second thought. Yeah, no, as, it's soon, like, as soon as the, as, as the Admiral's like, no, no, you have, to, you have to do it, Jim. You have to come here. Like, immediately he gets off the phone with the Admiral. He's like, nope, we're going to Vulcan. Yeah, like Bones is even like, are, are you sure? Yeah, well, yeah, Bones is like, well, I guess that's that. And Kirk's like, nope. Yeah. Chekhov, change course. Already <laughs> done, Captain. <laughs> you think we bounce around again? <laughs> or whatever the fuck he said that time. Oh, yeah. I don't know what you're talking about, but... Earlier in the episode, him and Sulu, he was, like, bitching. Oh, First I think I, get, I, think I get space sickness. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. So, back to flinging soup. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Spock had this line, she's like, ooh. Is that like, like Chuck and Custard? That's what the space brain cells do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ames' face here is kind of priceless. Uh, go on, sorry. Uh, but that line Spock has where it's like something he said, I forget the exact phrasing, but he was like, you know, it, it's it's untoward for a woman to play servant to a man that isn't hers or something. Mm. He's like, oh. so you'd be okay with her playing servant otherwise? Like, come on, man, be a bit more progressive here. Um, That's pretty progressive. They probably weren't really talking about whips and chains in the bedroom a lot in the 60s. I don't think that's what he meant. Nah. Well, I mean, playing servant. I'm just saying. It sounds... Mm. 
<laughs> the bit where uh, after Spock has reset the um, course without telling Kirk, and then Kirk's just in the doorway of the uh, turbo lift, oh, like his hands on his hips, <laughs> like angry dad Kirk. That oh. was amazing. Now young man. You'll march yourself right back to your room and look at the corner. Beat yeah. off like normal nice. boys your age. Spock's like, I was so horny, I forgot I did that. Wow. Oh, man, I tried that That is a special excuse. kind of horny. <laughs> so often in high school. I didn't. <laughs> and then we uh, and then we see uh, Spock's babe of a wife. Who looks yeah. like Michael Jackson. She did have a little bit of Michael Jackson. I was Michael Jackson it. was a pretty man. She had uh, very smooth skin. You know what was interesting? Very, very smooth. Or just a lot of makeup. She had that bright red backdrop. Yeah, where did they get that? And then whenever they cut to the crew looking at the image, they actually had like red light bouncing mm. off of them, which you they normally don't worry about the light coming off the screen reflecting hey, off the actors, so it was is, a nice touch. This is season two. They're not fucking around anymore. No, I know. I just mean, though, it's nice. It's like, oh, look at that. They're, they're acknowledging that like, mm. you know, this light that really wouldn't have been there, they're, they're compensating. It's like, stick a fucking red light in everyone's face. Also, yeah. chapel. Ta, you poor bitch. Wow. Well, they like they had her on the bridge for no reason, just so she could be there to have her heart extra broken. Oh, here, That's dog. True. Here's your hypo. Oh no, he's engaged. Runs out. Uh, poor, <laughs> poor chapel. Poor nurse chapel. Christine. Uh, Christine. 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 Poor Christine. More, more than a betrothal, but less than a. More than a marriage, less than a betrothal. Betrothal. No, I think you have that backwards. No, I don't. More than a betrothal, less than. Oh, a marriage. that's right, because it's originally the other way. More than kin and less than kind. Hmm. Mm. More than friends, but less than finger friends. I wanted that to make kind of episode, a huh? joke during the fight, but I never got a chance. We were watching it earlier. Where when which fight? Uh, the the fight, the big one. Oh, the, the big end, big fight. Yes. Where Kirk's kind of on top of Spock at one point. Like I'd like to think there's an alternate draft somewhere where the whole thing is solved when Kirk just gives Spock a quick handy. Oh. During that moment, oh. and then he's like, "Oh, oh, I'm not in pond fire anymore." Bye. That's because the fucking, you know, the Vulcans, they evidently, jerking off isn't part of their I culture. I mean, it's, it's it's not a logical thing. I mean, it's it's taboo stuff. All of this is taboo stuff to them. Yeah. I don't, I'm going to go way, way ahead here. Oh, but okay. when Tuvok got Ponfard on Voyager, they used the holodeck. And I know they don't have a holodeck on the Enterprise. But they now, got Christine Chapel and ready Chris, to they go. Could have, they could have glued some fake ears to Chapel, and she. Everyone would have been happy in that scenario. Well, for a minute, it really looked like that was what was going to happen, kind of, when you know the two of them have that moment together. I think maybe oh, they did. Your bang. face is wet. Here's the thing. Here's the cra- here's a lot of cra- oh, yeah, yeah. there's a lot of crazy things with this episode. They might I think they might have banged. Fair, fine. Really? Uh, a A of which is so we meet to Pring and we meet and we hear something and it's a little vague to me. So maybe we can chat about this a, a moment. But they're connected in some way. They're so that I don't know if if. When once he hits Ponfar, like a little beacon goes off in her head, like, oh, I gotta go bang Spock now. Oh, I'm busy. I'm at Disney World or wherever With I am. I have Stan. to leave. <laughs> Sorry, Stan. I have to go find Spock. Yeah. Like, her- is it is are they linked in that way? Like, she knows. Like, oh, if I'm not on Vulcan, I should be on Vulcan right now because he's gonna need me there. I think that's just them's the rules. Like when. Yeah, but how does is, she it, know? Is, it, is it a a mental link? I would assume though. it's a psych because they 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 he does say they touch. Yeah. And we all we know that most of touch the time. Touch and touched. Touch for Vulcans is sort of how their psychic abilities tend to work. Yeah. So they're probably 
some sort of, like, if not a full-blown mind meld, some sort of mind connection is established. Can we just talk about how fucking creepy and weird it is that they do that shit when they're seven years old? It's a lot of fucking pressure for a seven-year-old. Yeah. Have a weird psychic connection with yeah, your future if you think, spouse. If you think about it, though, pro- knowing the Vulcans... And we do. They probably, like... The match, the matching system that they have is probably... Computerized? Yeah. Well, like, well, given your genet- genetics and your genetics, your offspring will be the most... At, like, that you know they're practicing eugenics. You know that's why I don't Spock think likes I don't think sucking practicing. off Hitler. Like. I don't think they're practicing. I think they're already uh, masterful. Here's yeah. my, my another question. Wow. Does Stan have a betrothed somewhere? You see the guy? His genetics suck. <laughs> <laughs> You've yeah, got a really. Point though, that's a good. Because qu- it's seems... is, is he going to have to beat somebody to death in his caliphate? Well, it's also implied that Spock's family is pretty high up. Yeah, maybe it's something that's still only actually practiced by like the, new the movers and shakers. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like I feel like it's a practice that that's retained after I forget the the whole their whole enlightenment phase and whatever and whatever that was yeah but that they've had to retain this kun ut kalafi even though it doesn't make logical sense it's no. not like what they want to do because you know oh I have to go bang my wife now because seven years have passed or whatever the fuck I'm gonna say that this is probably all right now I don't know how much you guys know about Gilbert and Sullivan plays. Zero. Absolutely fine. All right, well, well, all right, little tangent here. So the play, or the musical, I should say, HMS Pinafore, right? Sing a bar, Jake. I am the captain of the Pinafore, and a right good captain, too. You're very, very good, and be it understood, I command a right good crew. We're very, very good, and be it understood, he commands a right good crew. Though related to a peer, I can hand, reef, and steer, or ship a salvagee. And bother it, I may occasionally say, I never use a big, big D. What never? No, never. What never? Well, hardly ever. He hardly ever use a big, big D. And give three cheers and one cheer more for the hardy captain of the pinafore. And give three cheers and one cheer more for the captain of the pinafore. Sorry, what is this big D that they're not using? It's Stan's big big D. It's it's damn. He never swears. Oh. Uh, Is that really? Yeah. Uh, So, quick question. Is that the song they sing to distract Data in Insurrection, or is that a different one? Um, I think they use... Modern Major General. It might be. I can't remember. Okay. Anywho. So yes, Pinafore. The point I was going to make is that that whole play is about how the captain's daughter is betrothed to a a high-ranking official, Sir Joseph Porter, KCB. Okay. Yet she is in love with a lowly sailor. So the whole play is about how when Sir Joseph comes to... Take over her face. Yes. When he when he arrives at the ship, you know, to claim his betrothed, she's all like, Well, I don't want to marry this clown ass. I want to marry this sailor who I'm in love with. And of course, Daddy is like, Well, no, you don't. You're gonna marry this. And then it turns out, crazy enough, that the sailor and the captain were actually switched at birth. And that this, the captain is actually the lowly um, man in the in the caste system, and the sailor is actually highborn. So Shit. it's like 
perfectly acceptable now for her to marry the cap the, the sailor because he should have been the captain. So it's not about being raised, it's about being born. And the fact that she's marrying and wants to marry someone that's her father's age. And the well, fact that the father, the captain, wants to marry the the nurse that switched them at birth. Well, she fucked it up. <laughs> Buttercup was her There's Poor little Buttercup. What the hell were Gilbert name. and Sullivan smoking or drinking? They were all about the banging, all about the Jeez. singing. But never saying the big D. <laughs> but never say the big, big D. I never use a big, big D. My Anywho, God. so Spock, that's, that's what I'm wondering is what's going on, is that she was betrothed to Spock, who's a highborn lad. Yeah. Even though he's a half-breed. <laughs> Even though he's a half-breed, but still, his father is the... His family has is, owned the same plot of land for two millennia. Yeah. Yeah. And I was that's actually a thinking long that. I wonder time. if him being half-human is part of why it's distasteful. Well, maybe she doesn't want it. Maybe that's she, what I mean. Maybe yeah. she heard that those... Human dinkies are small, and she wants Stan's teeny tiny human big big D. The big big D. I mean, she wants Stan's big big D. Part of her excuse was that she didn't want to be, you know, married to a legend. Right. So I mean, he's never around, honey. You yeah. fine? Just get over it. Well, Keep right, the yeah, house. It'll be fine. Well, that's the thing. I mean, he's gonna leave. He's gonna go to space. She's Would she gonna even, be home. She was gonna fuck Stan anyway. She that's what she that. said. Like, why did you just do that plan? You know. Mm. Yeah, you could have been, you know, you well okay, taken care of and then also got the big D. Like, if you seemed okay with, like, fuck it, I will just cheat on Spock with Stan, then why not that instead of this elaborate fucking hoodly do That gets a poor human being all killed and yeah. shit. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Mm. Also, I mean, Kirk, Kirk did it fucking wrong. Like, hey, you ask... So, I'm being volunteered for a thing? What's the thing? Oh, it's a fight to the death? No, thank you. I think that if the people challenging you to fight in a fight to the death, since they have that information, they actually should be offering it. I think the onus was definitely on the Vulcan to be like, was being a cunt and a half. That's true. You know what I love, though, is for all, like, Kirk's all impressed and this and that, and they're all very stoical. When the time comes to use his uh, ruse, McCoy gives no fucks. You know, he's just there. He's like, I want to do this thing. He's like, well, there you go. You're all very impressive with your Shakespeare talk and Kirk, like, thinking you're famous. I don't care. Here's a thing I want to do, and I'm going to do it. He's like, yeah, doc, show them who's boss. You don't care about aristocracy. No, that's just because he's a sexist. Um, <laughs> there's also um, the Jingle Bell Boys. Oh my god, they the were my fucking boys. favorite. I, I like squeed every time they shook their little jingly bells whenever anything happened. Jing, 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 jing. Or the wind chimes or the gongs. Like all the like wind noise instruments they on this planet gong. were awesome. That was gong just... was 2,000 years old. I know. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah, I found so that happy. really weird. It was like, what can we do to make this wedding ceremony seem really alien? I know. Boys in later hosen bearing. Bells. Jingle bells Which for really, some reason. When you consider the fact that Vulcan hearing is more sensitive, you really think they wouldn't like mm-hmm. a lot of tinkly bells everywhere. Mm. The wind chimes were nice. They I were, like yes. Those. But the, the, ching, the ching, shaking... Ching, ching, ching. Like, those gong! Are, well, the gong, though, was at least a deeper sound, so maybe is less offensive to no, the No, but deeper sounds... like That's why they use deeper sounds like in newer ambulances and stuff, is because mm. it's more perceptible. Like, True. So I actually don't. Hmm. Yeah, you're right. I don't agree with your assessment. Yeah, a lot, a lot of sound though. Did anybody notice that the helmets that they were wearing, the Romulan, they were Romulan helmets, yeah. or very similar, with extra were... bits and a silver yeah. space. Well, apparently Chris yeah. noticed. Yeah, mm. seems like someone did. It wasn't me though. 
Like, I feel like that was... You can't do that many... You can't, like, print out these many ears. I like that the guy that cuts you up if you try to leave had, like, a cool, like, beak mask. Yeah. 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 It looked great. But, um, yeah, I noticed that and the fact that, like, the sashes they have look to be knit, kind of like the the Romulan uniforms. Like, I feel like that was probably the helmets and all that. It was probably just... Romulans took them with them when they left. Well, say, like, it's probably really just low budget sake. But intentional or not, it does actually, like, create an aesthetic link between the two cultures. Yeah. yeah. Which is nice. Yeah. Which I think, as time goes forward, kind of gets dropped. Because Vulcan aesthetics go a very specific way in the movies, and they kind of stay that way. And then Romulans go a different direction in TNG and stay that way, you know? Mm-hmm. But for now, at least, there's actually... You can see a connection beyond just the pointed ears. Yep, yep, yep. yep. Let's talk Pond Far for a bit. Because oh, A, yeah. A, it's super sexy. Like the, the, the whole section when Spock was explaining it to Kirk, I just imagine that whole bit said by Zap Brannigan. Because <laughs> otherwise it was a, it was very, very long and drawn up. Like, you know what? This needs sass. <laughs> I love that the minute Spock says biology, Kirk's like, banging. Oh, you mean fucking. Okay, we're in a realm I understand. <laughs> I love that. I love banging. I this wasn't embarrassing at all. I once couldn't fuck and thought I would die. <sighs> when was this? No, no, I meant Kirk. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, Kirk. when was that? Um, anytime he doesn't bang for more than <laughs> Well, Kirk a has day. a very sexy learning disorder. Sexlexia. Sexlexia. <laughs> I love that. So Ponfar, I mean, Spock likens it to, you know, salmon having to swim back to where they're from. Or... Eel or birds. Eel birds that have to be weird eel birds or whatever the fuck. Or like, you know, what, like what, seven-year locusts or whatever. It's just yeah. in their nature. They do the thing. Yep. It's like, gotta bang now. Go. It's weird to me. It's super weird. Yeah. It's super, super fucking weird. It doesn't make sense from like an evolutionary no, standpoint, in no. my opinion. I think the problem is, it's the man. The man shouldn't be the one going through Ponfar. If anyone should be going through Ponfar, it's the lady. That's true. It's like, you know, you, get, you see a cat in heat. It's a lady cat. Lady cat's in heat because she's ready to have a baby. She's ready to like get, get kittened up. Or, or, or get you know. Get kittened up. <laughs> Or dogs or horses or, you know, anything that has, like, seasonal mating habits. Is that just what Ponfar is? It's their seasonal mating habit yeah. and their season is seven years long? Yeah. Then why is it's why is Spock the one who's, like, gonna die if he doesn't bang? Because they're not human. Well, because of the patriarchy. Well, then how does this affect the lady? The lady... Well, we don't, we don't really see much from her perspective. For all we yeah. know, she does have a lot of the same stuff happen. I don't know. It's just, it ultimately falls to the men to fight because <laughs> patriarchy. Yeah. Mm, I don't know. See, if, biologically, banging, uh, biologically, as, as Spock was trying to explain, if biologically the point of Ponfar is to get you and your mate together, presumably to have offspring, because that's what biology is mostly for, then... Is the lady just ready all the time? Is she like a cat? See, I looked this up because cats are fucking weird about their estrus cycle. Okay. Cats, when they go in heat, they will ovulate at coitus. That's how cats do it. It's fucking weird. It means that that you know they'll they'll kitten up only when they bang. Hmm. Uh, and then and they're not just they're, they, it's not like you know oh the egg is doing a thing you got a banger you know in this well, in is this time. Is that why cats don't have periods? No one other than humans have. Really? Only humans? I mean, uh, there are other animals that bleed, but that's, yeah, that, that's their that's... estrus. That's, that's not menstruation, that's estrus. Hmm. Which is the opposite, honestly. Interesting. 
Huh. I was gonna say because we had a dog that used to. She'd yeah. go into heat and then you she'd put a little doggy diaper on her. A little bit of period. Yeah. Yeah. See, or that's estrus. Yeah, that's not that's not the getting rid of what is it the endometrium layer something. I don't entirely. It's gross. Most of most of genitalia is gross. True. Accurate. Yeah. Yeah. Everything is just. It's so. Pri- it's such a primitive fucking thing that I can see the Vulcans being like, "We don't talk about this because it's fucking weird." Look, we're They're- Catholic. Listen, here's my here's how here's my yeah, belief, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Okay, I think the Vulcans could bang whenever they want because here's the thing: there's never any. Th- I mean, maybe they just never got to this in Star Trek, but there's never any suggestion that the Romulans have Ponfar. They. I mean, how Rom- much of the Romulans do we see though? Not that much. So it's possible that they have it, yeah. but like, I feel like. Well, didn't they leave before the Enlightenment though? Well, here, well, exactly. So here's my thinking: is that Vulcans can bang whenever they want. They are just like humans in the sense that they could. They can, or make they, they can bang when it's logical. Yeah, well, they but <laughs> biologically they could do it whenever. But because of their logic and their bullshit and their suppression of emotion, they refrain from any form of sexual activity. But it takes about seven years for the male Vulcan to back up enough that he just has to blow his load. <laughs> oh, like, he's got the bluest balls. He's got the bluest balls. He's, like, he's, like, he's spent seven years not getting his rocks off, and then he's just like, God fucking damn it! My balls are the color of my shirt! I was going to say, science blue balls. I was just thinking that. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then... And yet, and yet, killing a man does the same, like, well, is the equivalent, apparently. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's a release of some kind, I guess. Mm. Well, what so, you don't what you don't know about that episode is that, that oh no 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 Spock Spock definitely had to change his pants oh. before he turned himself into McCoy. Oh. Like he beamed back up, he went. Wow, his, that's he a went, quick refractory period. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh. oh, Jim's dead. So you think? I mean, this is only ten. The thought of me dead it, gives well, you an erection. Well, here's like what half happened. Half of one, the other half. Like during the you. fight when 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 Spock was choking him out. Like he was holding the rope the, the wrong fucking way. Either way, when during the fight there was one instant <coughs> when they touched dicks. God damn it! <laughs> that's all. Every that's all Spock episode. needed. Yep. Uh, that's all he needed. Well, that, that's what I said. I think that's the point where you know Kirk could have solved everything by just reaching up and giving Spock a quick handy. Exactly. A cheeky little wank. Someone's got to buy Spock a flashlight. Yeah, oh, that's really no. what he needs. Just yes. Chapel. Chapel is a human flashlight. Go, oh, go wow. at it. Wow. Whoa, Chapel. Whoa, she'd be oh. okay with that. I think. I think she would. Is the thing is why is why fuck, fuck, fuck buddies okay. in space. Uh, so anyway, you know, so wait, anyway, wait, wait. What, 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 what kind of logistical nightmare do you suppose it is to crew a Vulcan starship? Because you got to sit there and be like, all right, all right, hold on, hold on. When is everyone due to go? Because if we can have, like... Well, if you're in... That's not difficult. That's just presence. every seven years. But, if, well, but I mean, it, so does that mean your presence, whole crew is the same age? No, it has to be presence, all different ages. If you're so in that... the presence of other Vulcans, your cycles align. <laughs> but that's what I mean, though. Like, seriously, like, if you're like, all right... Guys, we gotta get back to Vulcan. Jenkins is pawnfaring. You get to Vulcan, he does his stuff. They you don't leave need to again. go back to Vulcan though, because you can just fuck one of the other Vulcans on the ship. But presumably, you're supposed to. Like... You're supposed to use the ceremony and but, hit the But we already and... talked about maybe that's just the higher ups. Maybe. But if we assume... and, and Spock's parents didn't want him to join Starfleet, which means they're probably you know if if there are Starfleet Vulcans, they probably aren't higher uppers. As no, well, but what I mean is there there is a there is a Vulcan space navy. I don't know what they call it, but they do have like just. 
Vulcan owned and operated and all Vulcan staff. I hope they staff. call it the Vulcan Space Navy. Mm-hmm. Hopefully. We do learn that Tapau is uh, the only person who ever refused a seat on Federation Council. Mm. Yes, probably for that very reason. Mm. But <laughs> my, 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 my uh, pond far's coming up. I gotta stay home. <laughs> you're so pull some strings. As long as you have people from a, in a seven-year age range, if your crew is 18 to 25 and they start at seven, that's it. Here's the, the crazy, <laughs> crazy question. The seven-year thing. So Spock is 30s at least. Yep. Sure. He's fucking late. He's fucking crazy late, and it could be the human thing, but I think, here's my crazy theory, if it's a seasonal thing, and if, you know, the season is is maybe however long the, the revolution of, of Vulcan is, maybe, I don't know what it actually is, perhaps it's not, but if it's, if you're considering it like a seasonal seven-year thing, Spock's been in space. He hasn't been somewhere that had that's had like seasons and seasonal shifts. Well, what if the being in space and not being around like... A place affected by by seasons threw him way season. fucking off. Well, Chris had that theory a couple episodes ago that he might have boinked that girl. Oh yeah, what's her name? But I this mean. is his per- first. Pon- he he specifically states this is my. It, it was his first pond. I, you know, otherwise I don't buy it otherwise he would have gone for his wife earlier. I, I I don't buy that explanation. Which explanation? That this is his first pond far. I then why not go to Tapring earlier? Well, so here's the thing. In Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock, he enters Pond Far in his teenage years. Yeah, he has to finger bang with Kirstie Alley. Well, well it's not real. It's ooh, actually Kirstie Alley had been replaced. Right, right. Oh, replacement Kirstie Alley with, yeah. with the Robin, Robin something, something or other. She's stuck in this voice now. Yes. I'm kidding. The thing is, and here's like, yes, I, I've seen that reference um, when I was reading up on Pond Far a little bit on on the wiki, uh, the um. Uh, memory alpha and, and wikipedia and shit and they're like yeah it's it's inconsistent in how it's treated between this episode and in the movie yeah and that that's just someone fuck like writers fuck up writers oh, don't nice work, Jim. don't keep consistent yeah ponfar didn't feel entirely thought through in some no. ways also i love the casting because it's like there is no way that woman is the same age as leonard nimoy I'm sorry, she just isn't. She yeah, a lot the, of makeup. The girl, the girl who played Tapring? Yeah. Yeah, she's quite a bit younger. Because they were supposed to have been bonded when they were both seven. And it's like, you know. Which, again, I'm so grossed out by that. He's, like, trying to work his way through his pawn far bonerness, and he's looking at a picture of a seven-year-old. I was like, Spock, yeah, that was what a the weird. actual fuck are yeah, you like, doing? Yeah, like, why is he looking at kitty porn? Yeah, like, I'm sorry that's the only photo you have of her, but Jesus. I can't send really a new like, one. Ugh. Yeah. You haven't been, like, emailing and pen pals and whatever. Hey, Tapring, I'm several galaxies away. I hope Ponfar doesn't hit in soon because I'm too far. Mm. So here's another thing, right? Like like I said, her whole scheme to me made no sense. Oh, God, no. Because it was like... Let's hope Kirk goes along with this. Yeah, like, let's hope that if Kirk does win, he doesn't decide, you know what? I will marry her. Instead, we'll release her. I'll treat her. you like shit, because you made me kill my friend. Yeah, or again, like, that Spock would definitely release her. When again, it seems like she would have been perfectly happy to just have Spock's name and land and have Stone on the side. But also beyond that, here's the thing that really got me. How, if they're supposedly all logical and calm and what the fuck ever, how can a Vulcan desire another Vulcan? Well, no, she's a logically. woman. She's a woman. You know also, how women Vulcans are. are full of shit. Exactly. So That's what I was kind of so wanting emotional. to get at. They're the most emotional. We saw Spock fucking smile at the end. I mean, you only have to watch like two episodes of Enterprise to figure out that Vulcans are so full of shit. Oh, they are assholes. They're total dicks. I know, I think a lot of people complained about Enterprise because they didn't like the characterization of Vulcans, but based on everything we've seen in TOS, 
It's perfectly in yeah, line. Yeah, they're just, they're totally emotional. They just hide it, you know. And they act all fucking high and mighty about it. And they're dickheads. Like, there is no sensible reason to be just like, yeah, no, it just comes down to, she looked at him, she was like, ooh, look at the shape of his head, I want to fuck him so bad, <laughs> but that's not logical, so they have to pretend there's some other reason, like... You know, here's the thing, right? The the Vulcans saying that they are not emotional is like... They're saying how they can't lie? Well, I was going to say, like, the alt-right saying they're not racist. Oh, there gosh. we go. Exactly. It's like, we all know you are, we totally know you are, but you can say it all you want. Can we actually just call them Nazis, though? The alt right. I do. Yeah. I don't really want to. Well, I don't really want to feed into all that PC in that case, shit then about Spock those fucking would totally Nazi join assholes. Up with them because yeah, true. we all know. Yeah, I did well, like though at the end. I will say this: Leonard Nimoy to this day is still the best Vulcan. Yeah. And when he throws Vulcan shade, when he's at the end, he's like, you know, uh, you'll find sometimes that wanting is preferable to having or whatever. Mm. He just says it in the screen. We're like, he's so good at delivering something in the world's most scathing monotone. Like, no one, I think, since Nimoy has been quite as good at, at having a relatively emotionless tone, but getting across so much emotion. Salty. Yeah, no, he's so good at it. And when Vulcan shade is delivered well, it is the best shade. Mm. And the look on her face, too, like, mm. bitch. Yeah. Uh, she deserved. She deserves everything she gets out of Stalin. Yeah, no, Inc- totally. Including the super Vulcan syphilis. It's the Ooh. second time I've talked about syphilis. Sorry. Today? Yeah. I <laughs> mentioned it earlier as well. Nice, nice. Um, uh, what I read, which I think is hilarious. So the first time this episode was aired in Germany, the Germans were like, it was way too scandalous to have this pawn far shit because it's too sexy, it's too weird. So they replaced it with... Spock is very sick. He has to go home. And most of the episode became a hallucination. Hmm. Like, they, they dubbed over and rewrote a lot of lines. They did a lot of, like, special cutting and, and stuff. And I kind of want to see what the fuck it was. I don't know German, but... So Germans were the Vulcans of the 60s, apparently. It wasn't that they were offended by the sex aspect, because, come on, Germans are freaks. uh, (laughs) (laughs) I I mean that in the most loving way. I mean, there's some porn out there, and let me tell you folks... Never mind. Um, Automobiles and porn. The peaks of German excellence. They were just upset of of the implied eugenics of the whole thing. Oh, that's autophiles? rough, but they honestly—they were probably like, "This is a little too close to home." Oh, oh my god, no. Colonel Colonel Twatch Schniffer, come here. See, it's funny though because Kaylee, oh you, you were god. you were asking, you're like, you like, you did seem surprised. Like for the '60s, this did seem a bit racy, and apparently, it was too racy for the Germans by the German standard. I find that so full of shit. I don't. Think, I think the Germans are just actually so it's playing it's, lip service. German German censorship uh, is 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 interesting like i mostly know it in relation to video games but there are a lot of random things they're a bit touchy about mm. apparently one of the biggest nightmares about trying to get a video game to europe is that you just want to have a european version which means at the end of the day the european versions oh it has to service everybody's needs it has to service everybody and usually Between like the, the country that's kind of setting the the here's how far we can go tends to be the german censorship board they're, what's what's the word for that? When you localize, when they localize games to Europe, Germany is often because they don't want to make <laughs> the a stick in the mud. Would you say? Yeah, they don't want to make the German version and then the rest of Europe version. So it's just like ah, oh, just keep it happy for the Germans and everyone else will have. Is, to that, is that like how like science textbooks have to like be deal made with Texas? Texas? Yes, and... exactly. And here's a page about creationism. You fucking moron. 
Although, with certain games, they do have to do just the German version and then the everyone else version because... Um, like Wolfenstein? Yes, they have to <laughs> well, get rid of all the Nazi symbols and shit. Wait, yeah. really? Yeah. Even in Wolfenstein? Yep. That's the whole point of Wolfenstein. Yeah. Yeah, no, then just don't have Wolfenstein. Yeah. Have there's the new still, Duke Nukem game instead. Like I think there's still Nazis. They're just like... There's no swastikas. Yeah. They, re- they replace the logos. And I, they may not say Nazi. I'm not 100% positive. But but like, what are they? Just like... I, I mean... I feel that like at some point... It's kind of like when they decided to like remove the N-word from Huckleberry Finn. It's like, I understand what you're doing, but like denying the past doesn't make it not so. And I don't know what you're talking about. And also, like... I don't know. I, that just seems. I don't like that. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a. But I'm not German, so it's a weird practice. Well, I mean, some people have have said, like Germans have argued that by completely ignoring, or not completely ignoring, but really de-emphasizing that aspect of their history as much as they have, has allowed right wing groups to kind of gain a foothold well, because no know, one's warning them about well, it. Well, because if you know people who don't know history are doomed to repeat yeah. it, and yeah, yeah. etc. Which I mean, sort of sounds like bullshit, except. It's but now, playing why, out now, so. why this leads to their not wanting Spock to get his freak on, I don't know. Well, that was like 50 years ago. Maybe they're That's true, too. I mean, like you said, get in some ways it's surprising. Get your freak on. It's surprising get your freak the Americans on. even didn't balk at it. You know, I, I was honestly shocked by, I was like, wow. this is... You know, by then the Adams Family was on TV and they were too busy being scandalized by, <laughs> by Gomez and Morticia to realize mm. what was happening. Cada mia. They, they were banging so much. All the oh time. Oh my god, yeah, they are so horny. And yeah. actually, I read an article recently about how, at least in the films, they're totally S&M ah, yeah. people, because there's like, you know, the thing where she's on the rack, and he makes some comment, and yeah. I don't know, anyway, be- there, was, be- there better, was a bunch of stuff, and it was better, very enjoyable read. Raul Julia? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And Angelica Houston. Better S&M story than Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah. Mm. So, again, this episode we had uh, Spock referred to as the, the best first officer in the fleet mm-hmm. when Kirk was trying to figure out it was what just was quoted, wrong with He him. was quoting McCoy. Which you I thought was kind of nice. You have been called by McCoy. McCoy, which... <laughs> Last, admittedly, oh, though... A season ago. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's a, it was like, it's funny that it was two episodes in a row, even if, you know, mm. there would have been a break of a few months for the original mm. viewers we did have right here. It's like, yeah, we know who said that. Two episodes of Spock being nutty. Yeah. yeah. Spock, Spock heavy stuff this time. Very but unlike last episode where Doc was kind of off his game, this one he fixes everything. He Romeo and Juliet's that shit. Yeah, except mm-hmm. it doesn't get screwed up. Yeah. yeah. Well, Thank you, Friar Lawrence. Yeah, be, yeah that'd today. be horrible if like, Spock realized, like, once he snaps out of his. Oh no, he took. Oh, happy dagger! <laughs> Well, that's the yes. thing. I think I think he was going to, because he says he's not going to live long or prosper. But as we know, the only death penalty is—is is that the, the first live long and prosper? It is, and I, it? I think it's the first hand bit too, isn't it? I think you might be right. Yeah. Yeah, I know it's the it's, first live long. But and I think prosper. I think it's only it's the first time he's seen other Vulcans. Yeah, it's the first time he's seen other Vulcans, that's and true. it's not like something that he would normally do with other humans. Yeah. Although later he changes that up, he does it with other people. But and so everyone's seen it now. Yeah, so we got our first Live Long and Prosper and the first... Vulcan hand salute. The, the Vulcan yeah. shocker. <laughs> no. Yikes. <laughs> Two and both. And then... No. Yikes. What about the thumb? What are you doing with that? No! <laughs> <laughs> get up your own butt. Um, <laughs> where? <laughs> no. Well, he was <laughs> Oh, this has gone Jesus. places. Uh, I love this podcast. Dear God. You're all the worst. <laughs> it's true. When you were asked, Ames, if you wanted to do a Star Trek podcast, did you imagine it would end up going quite like this? No. 
We should, oh, we should try to be a little more classy. We should use euphemism more on the show. It's about biology. Yeah. yeah. So, one last thing for me, and then obviously if anyone else has things they want to say. No more things. I got nothing. How pissed, I don't they admit they were pissed, but how pissed were the Vulcans when they eventually found out, because they would have found out, that Kirk was alive? <laughs> oh, that would be an international incident, I think. Yeah, like, T'Pau would be really... Although, T'Pau must have known because she called up Starfleet to get Kirk off the hook. Well, see, I had assumed that she had sent that call a while ago, though. Because oh. communication definitely takes longer in the original series. Mm. Like, mm. I had assumed that at some point she sent that. Forgot to tell the Enterprise, hey, guys, by the way, we sent this special request. Mm. But yeah, no, like... Because at some point, like, even if not anytime soon... You know, Kirk has escapades. They get back to people. She's super well-connected. Like, it would not have taken her long, you know? Or even if just that, like, you think one day she would go, you know, I don't remember ever seeing in the news that Hmm. one of Starfleet's more famous captains was killed. Well, never mind the fact that Kirk shows up on Vulcan all the time. Yeah, after this. Yeah, yeah, and Spock didn't leave Starfleet in disgrace. Yeah. Oh, you know what it is? Actually, though, you know what? Wouldn't be. I mean, maybe they'd be angry, but it wouldn't be an issue, and you know why? They don't want to talk about Pond fucking far. Mm. So they wouldn't want to talk about, like, why isn't he dead? Like, why would you expect him to be dead? No oh, reason. no reason. <laughs> I think it's an all's well that ends well situation. Probably. You know, yeah. T'Pring gets with, with Ston. Spock gets his rocks off somehow. Chappell. Kirk, Kirk, exactly. Kirk lives. And, and someone uh, gets the soup off the wall. And T'Pau still gets <laughs> to be carried around in her in her wonderful you know, divan. sedan chair. Yeah. Sedan yeah. Chair. I liked that. I, I liked that, that it was uh, convertible from a sedan chair into a regular chair. Yeah. I commented on it you at did. the time. Mm. Oh, I know our our views of uh, Vulcan must have been very different from your views because we watched the remastered edition. Yeah, ours was just a Star Trek planet. Yeah, we had some nice some nice views. Oh wait, okay, I, I lied. There is one more thing. You had well, that line. That's what I wondered. Where what was the line? So they go down to Vulcan and you're claiming Talking about what a fucking shit heap it is. Sure, yeah. And you're just like, God, you know why Vulcans are emotionless? If they weren't, they'd kill themselves. This is a horrible place. <laughs> yeah, it is pretty shitty on Vulcan. Oh, it's just deserts and sun and too many no moons. trees. No trees. Not so many trees. Yeah. Apparently, the air is too. In the thick. in the remaster, no, too thin? we got some too thin. Mm. In the that's, remaster, that's we got some pretty slick establishing shots of of the Vulcan. Like cities and shit? No, no, just showing, like, the oh. mountains. Because, well, I guess that's the thing. In other uh, episodes, in, like, in Enterprise and stuff, you actually see some of the cities on Vulcan, and they actually look mm. okay. Mm. So this place, and evidently the place where they have to do the... Um, Sorry, the Kunut Kalfi ceremony? No, no, no. When they are sync McCoy into Spock. In three. And also the place where he does, um, or tries to do... Colinar in the motion picture. That's right. Is a bit of a shithole. Yeah, well, they had a cool statue, though, didn't they? They did, but other than that, it was like scorched earth and pain. But I'm guessing that these are like ancient sites. Like, yeah, this would be yeah. like the equivalent of like. Going to the Mayan ruins or something. Yeah. Yeah, that's my, my thing. Like, yeah. whenever we're like, this is the view of the planet, this is what the planet's like, planets are really fucking big. Yeah. We true, got rainforests true. and deserts and tundra and savannah. But there, there is a lot of desert. On Vulcan. Yeah, and there definitely a lot like a lot of people live in the desert on Vulcan. Yeah, definitely. Well, yeah, if all that's... it was a good week, I thought. For yeah. he himself has said it, and it's greatly to his credit that he is a Vulcan man, for he is a Vulcan man.
This has been episode 16 of A Star to Steer Her By. Thank you for joining us. As always, please find our Facebook page. You'll find all the important links there. Next week, please tune in for, I might be about to mispronounce this, Who Mourns for... How did we decide it was? Adonis. Is it Adonis or is it... Well, because then we looked up a John Keats poem and it was like Adonis, but we don't know if that was just the guy reading it. Mayonnaise. Yes. Who Who mourns for mayonnaise? mayonnaise? Me. Whenever I spill mayonnaise. So yes, tune in next week for who mourns for either Adonis or Adonis or mayonnaise. And the changeling. I'm sorry, I think that's pronounced changeling. Oh, right. That's... Yes, yes. I'm using the uh, Canadian pronunciation. I apologize. Uh, yeah. mm. Get it right next time. Yes, right. For a star to steer her by, I've been Chris. I've been Ames. I've been Caitlin. And I've been Jake! Exclamation point. Be sure to tip your yeoman. <laughs> you ever seen the cable guy? Yeah. Jim Carrey starts singing that at one point when he's fighting uh fighting uh, Matthew, Broderick. Matthew Broderick at medieval times or whatever. Yeah, Jake loves that movie. Mm. I remember that movie, like, I watched it, it was on cable all the time when I was a kid, like, all the fucking time, so I caught it a lot, and it pissed me off so much, because I was such a fucking, I mean, I still am, but I was such a couch potato as a kid, and I grew up on, like, Nick at Night and shit, mm. so, like, all the little references he's dropping, like, this, the cover names he uses, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sitting there going, like, was he, like, Matthew um, Broderick, you fucking <laughs> idiot, Larry Tate is from Bewitched. Watch an episode of I Dream of Jeans, yeah, like, you'll be fine. Did you not watch television as a child? And especially because of you're like my dad's age, which means you grew up on these shows, which means you should get them faster than I do, you stupid prick. Yeah, but Jack Black figured it out. Well, yeah, but it's like, fucking all the more reason Matthew Broderick like should have. Shit, at one point he refers to himself as Jean-Luc Picard, apparently, not around <laughs> Matt. Not around Matthew Broderick, like it's, a, it's aliases he's used in the past. We found a replacement. But you kind of feel like, Jesus, would Broderick was, have recognized Jean-Luc Picard? The show is still going yeah, at you know, the time. You know, I could, you know, I could buy him not recognizing Larry Tate because that's, that's, cause that sounds like it could be just a name and it just could be a coincidence. Yes, I, I mean, my father does work with a Jimmy Olsen. Yeah, exactly. He also worked with a Bill Murray.